day, some I don't know. It takes a little more than what you show, and that's yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Welcome to Bobby Finn Knows Everyone, special episode at Hockey Day Minnesota in White Bear Lake. Along with me, Tom Lord. How are you, Tom? Doing great. Hockey Day Minnesota. Hockey Day Minnesota. Also with us, special guest, Tom Chorsky. How are you, Tom? Really good. Really good. I was here last night and I'm glad to be here again today. You're going to be here all weekend. Maybe. <laughs> I, I got some coaching. I'm coaching a team, uh, my son's young, my youngest son's team, but I might try to make it over yeah, again. Fun. Yeah, we played in the alumni game or not the celebrity, celebrity game. game. Celebrity game. That's, that's what it was. How many goals did you score? Zero. Zero. Well, you know, got some young bucks out there these days. Got a couple girls that are kind of grinding, wanting to play with the boys. Olympians. Olympians. Were, yeah. Moving, oh, yeah. Better than moving better than oh, I was. Yeah. I mean, you got Winnie and Hannah Brandt and well, a couple. Uh, I think there was four total, right? Yeah. More, yeah. Oh. Um, there's a, a name is escaping me right now. Tip of my tongue. I apologize. <laughs> this is a surprise to you. But I was handed this. I don't know if this is yours or your wife's. My wife's, I guess. She left it in the, the locker room last night. And <laughs> Winnie gave it to me to, to make sure you got that. So there was nothing else. Why I'd have your wife's uh, lipstick. Lip gloss. You got to. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's a it's a, a really important thing like that. It got transferred. <laughs> it got transferred. The next day back to me. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. But if it's, I mean, if it's some happy sort of wife, happy life. cosmetic, I'm glad to have it back in my pocket. <laughs> Maybe you need that chap lips out there skating and the wind's blowing and yeah, you need a little lip Winnie gloss. Winnie and her were talking. I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? Lip gloss? Like, can't you just slap some Carmex uh -huh. on it or some Vaseline? They're like, oh, no, you know. No. Some big, utter bombs. Yeah, something, <laughs> anything. No, they got to be. It's got to be glossy and the right color, you know, to match your outfit or something. I don't know. Oh, Absolutely. Glad we don't have those problems. Exactly. Right. Uh, so hockey in Minnesota here in White Bear Lake, I can't believe coming into this facility how big it is, how expansive it is. Yeah, well, having you know, we talked a little bit before, uh, you know, having been through a bunch of these when I was, um, you know, broadcasting them on Fox Sports North, and then I was on the planning committee for the Minneapolis one. Really, you know, one of the things that's happening is it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger, right? And and the the interested cities come and visit the previous one. And it's all of a sudden it's like you have to keep raising yeah, the bar a little keep it bit. Up with the Joneses. Yeah. And, and, you know, at some point, maybe we've reached enough, I think. Yeah. It's big enough and it's commercialized enough. But um, the the community, I guess, you know, the value and everything that people coming out for it, it's it's awesome. Because if the weather is bad, you got big tents to go inside. Um, the, the ice in the rinks have gotten so great. Uh, they've they've figured out what type of amenities you need at the footprint because yep. there's a lot of electricity that you need you know you need a lot of space you need you need water you need you know you just need lots of things that you don't even think about until you talk to the group before and they'll say yeah you know good thing we had this or yeah if we had to do it over again if, if we were you guys you better have you know this or that yeah maybe uh, woodstock 99 could have learned something from the <laughs> hockey day in minnesota and have proper bathrooms and water and all that right right exactly yeah. it's, it's key but you know yeah this as you mentioned you walk up into it and it's really cool right it's you walk onto this this site and it's it it's hockey it's winter it's minnesota and it, you know it gets you a little fired up it's cool too seeing the teams that are arriving and they got their bags and they're looking around they're taking they're posing for pictures by ice sculptures and they're just their bright the wide eyes of like oh my god this is i can't believe we're playing in this and how fun for yeah those kids. I, you know when i walked in earlier 
the wind is howling pretty good, but Hill Murray was practicing and you could tell they were whooping it up on the ice and having a blast. And then I saw the Hermantown guys were coming in. They must be on the ice next. Yeah. They're playing Matamidi, um, which sounds like a great matchup, right? For class A. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for kids, this is huge. You know, they're getting to play. It's like, it's like an outdoor game, you know, in the NHL and it's on TV and yeah. bright lights and, you know, all the amenities. And it's, you, did you ever get to play in one, an outdoor game? No, that was pre I did not. when all the stadium series and all yeah, that. Yeah, too old, too old for that. But um, you did play in the celebrity game. So, you know, got in the celebrity yeah, game last right, night. So, yeah. and I think I've played in another one last year, uh, Minneapolis one. I think I coached that one. I had a new hip. So I took a little hiatus from hockey. So last night was the first one in quite a while I've been on the ice, but it was really cool. Neil Broughton was our coach yeah. who I played with in New Jersey. Oh yeah. That's um, cool. And he's an idol of mine. So I still kind of fanboy when I'm around him. He's, I shouldn't. I mean, he's the iconic Minnesota hockey player, right? He really is. Yeah, you I know, mean, at least from my era, you know, if you're a little older, it'd probably be, um, Mason. Well, I, he's know, the greatest hip hockey. Lunani is in there too, yeah. right? Is that, Rush, is that is that our Mount Rushmore of Minnesota hockey uh, legends? Oh, uh, start with Mason. Yeah. Just named a few of them: yeah. Mariucci, Mason, Nanny, Broughton. I don't know, and then more recently. Uh, there's a lot of oh, yeah. games now. I don't oh, know. Yeah. yeah. How about Dino Cicerelli? One of my favorites. <laughs> he's not a Minnesotan, though. He <laughs> That's true. Minnesota, he's not a Minnesotan. So we're not going to. Right. And he slashed me really hard in Stanley <laughs> Cup, and I'm glad we beat him. But he played for Detroit when we beat him oh, for yeah. the Stanley Cup. But he slashed me so hard. Oh, yeah. I still oh, remember. He was such a hated player, wasn't he? Dino. Great player. Well, yeah. he's a great player. Awesome player. And he's you had to respect me at gar him. Garbage goals, though, right? Scrappy, gritty. He's a pigeon. You call him a pigeon? He was a pigeon. He was lippy. Um, I would have murdered him. I would have been scrappy. like C-Cord for sure. <laughs> but no, nah, he was great. And he was great for the North Stars and everyone oh, loved yeah. him. So, but it's, I mean, that's what made those rivalries though, right? The hatred that Chicago oh, yeah. had for him. Yes. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was, you know. You didn't was, need to have planned fights back then. You didn't need to have like, all right. Fights nah. would get under their skin, right? Yeah. He started them and someone else would finish yep. them. That's what goes <laughs> on with those guys. Kind of, if you're really undersized, but not afraid. And, yeah. And they right in front of the net and stir it up and then. The march on, you know, their march hands. Yeah, and yeah, and in comes you know Willie Platt or whoever they had yeah. to, to had to come in and. Uh, that was so maybe great, that was though. my problem. I was not big and I was afraid, so <laughs> that's why I never quite made it. I didn't have that combination of. All small you need is a big guy. You go, hey, I'm going to start it. Yeah, and then you come in. You got right. you don't have to be the tough guy. But, right. That's so great. let's go back to some of these games. Uh, have you seen the jerseys too that these kids are wearing? That's the other thing they get the, the get these special outdoor jerseys. special they jerseys, which are really cool. A third and, jersey that they'll get to keep for their life yeah. yeah did you see what hill's coming out with no cooper alls the cooper alls come on oh really i was joking no they're coming out with it i saw it they, they are they gonna use them all they're game? using them all game. <laughs> yeah well I, that's what it looked like warm -ups? Cool. Yeah. The whole game. i'm You're... sure they're different than when we had them right i don't know i mean yeah i'm sure they'd be there they they movable you know yeah, they probably have them and everything else some better material yeah. and stuff like did that you ever wear a cooper alls did, did yeah, yeah my my First year at Southwest, so okay. it would have been my sophomore year. We wore them. God, pretty ugly. Did you have the big mask too with the giant holes in the protect, mask? So you could yeah, like, the yeah, the protect mask. It was just like, you know, just had a very few bars. Yep. Which was great. You could see through them, but a stick could go through them too. You yeah. could get a stick through. Oh yeah, absolutely. you get a blade yeah. through there. Oh, yeah. It doesn't happen, you know, rarely. But yeah. only a few um, guys lost eyes. But if it did, a yeah. yeah. couple yeah. eyes here and there. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Hill, I think Hill Murray's going with the HM, the old yes, throwbacks. Okay. I, uh, I think it was Matamidai's got the stripe with the tan. They're like it's really great. cool jerseys. That'd be great. Yeah. You got a favorite high school hockey jersey um, of well, all time? I always, I'm partial to, so I went to Minneapolis West as a freshman, which was in the center of Uptown. And we were the West High Cowboys. It was a cowboy boot with a hockey stick across it. Our colors were Kelly green, black and white. Very cool. Yeah. And they had a, a W brand on the shoulder. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sentimental about it. Cause I grew up in yeah. that community. So I right. love that Jersey. And then sort of ironically, then I went to the Indians. So I went from Cowboys to the Indians to Southwest. <laughs> um, and with those were purple and white, very basic, but Southwest had such a rich tradition. They were very well known cause they usually went to the state tournament um, out of that section. And they were the Blackhawks, oh, we sure. the Southwest Indians. Yeah. Now they have to be the Lakers because yeah. you can't be the Indians anymore. Um, but those jerseys were were pretty cool too. Um, after that, you know, there's been a lot of iconic jerseys over the years. Yeah. That, you know, up north, I, you know, Roseau kind of sticks out. Yeah. I live in Edina now and, and my kids played for Edina. I always say I'm from Minneapolis. My kids are from Edina. <laughs> Um, I, I try to keep keep a little bit of separation yeah. there. That Hornet that Hornet jersey is pretty legit. It's iconic. Right? It's iconic. Yeah, and you've seen no it. Doubt. You know, you've seen it a lot, and you hate them, yeah. right? So it's just it's etched in people's brain. Yeah, that you know that that you know whenever you're really emotional about something, you, you remember it. Yeah, but, and they've won a lot of championships. Well, they've, so. they've been great forever. <laughs> They're in the championship I mean, game a lot. forever, right? I mean, I can remember when my kids were younger and you walk into that stadium or that arena and you look at the the pictures on the wall. Yeah. And there's like 75 peewee teams or, you know, there's yeah. so many damn kids. I'm like, yeah. where do these kids come from? I mean, you know, it's, it's, and there's other communities like it now that once it builds up so much popularity and everyone gets into it, uh, and they start at a really young age, right? I mean, to be really good in, at the high school level, you need tons of numbers. You know, Herb Brooks used to talk about the pyramid and you just got to fill that, that base. And in Edina, it's such a thing that everyone says, yeah, get your kid in there. And, and you know, not, obviously not everyone sticks with it, and which is fine, but they all try it out. And so there's like 400, you know, mites or yeah. 450 mites. Yeah. And then and they're getting good coaching and they're getting good ice time and it just builds up. And and once you're on these, it doesn't you don't even have to be on the top team. You know, you're on a on the single there's double A, single A, and there's like, you know, three B one teams and three B two teams and a C team. So there's all I these. I feel like Edina like does it differently where they pack more kids into the B teams. And they all get a little bit better because they're all playing with kids that, you know, are are different skill levels. Keeps, more. keeps them playing. Yeah. And you want your kid playing at at the right level, not I mean a lot of people don't. You don't want to kick your subscribe to that, but because you know everyone wants to be on the A team or they, you know. And but who wants to be on the A team? The kid or the parent? The parent. Well, that's it. So and the kid go, does too, but but, but the, the kid wouldn't want. Don't to be, forget about it. The day after the the cuts are made, a hundred percent. Yeah. And and if they somehow got on that team, or if they got on for a political reason because their parents are friends with the coach, ultimately they know like I'm the. I'm not, I'm the worst kid on the team and no one wants to play with me or, or I don't, you know, I don't succeed. I don't score goals. I don't make plays. Cause I'm, it's like, but no, these parents would never put their kid in like calculus yeah, if they're right. not good at math. Right. Like, right. No, no, he's got to stay <laughs> in, great point. in geometry. You know, my, 
And if the teacher was like, no, we're going to put him ahead in the, in the advanced class. No, yeah. no, no. He's not ready for that. But it comes to sports, not just hockey, probably, but yeah. you know, soccer, they all want to play on the top team, but even if they're not, yeah, that's a really good point. Even really to their development, I truly believe this. And there's some programs that you'll have the the 15th skater that can't keep up. If they were on a level lower, their confidence, they're going to touch the puck. They're just they're going to be such a more happy player and athlete. Yeah. Yep. It's not about making a team. It's about where you should be. Yeah, don't I don't get know me if you wrong. Guys, I think yeah. you should be. You got to be challenged. I mean, oh, but yeah. if it's too much and you're just standing around, I think you're going to lose the love for it and you're going to be done. Especially at certain ages. When you're a little younger, it's way better to be on the lower team. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are showing some promise and, and you, you know, when you're 16, 17, then maybe get thrown into the, the more challenging environment. But, you know, I don't know if you guys want this is what we wanted to talk about, but, yeah. uh, you know, no, youth, it's youth hockey development, but <laughs> experience with our, our older son, who's now in college, uh, he didn't play on a top team in Edina one time, his second year squirts. So he was B team and then he was on the top squirt team. And then after that, he was always on the lower huh. Peewees, Bantams, JV, you know, finally made varsity his middle of his junior year, they brought him up. But so he was always pretty much the best kid on the team he was on, but he was on the second or third level team. Right. That's great. Yeah. Worked out. And where is he playing? He plays at Colorado College. That's fantastic. That's really yeah. cool. And your daughter, obviously. Yeah, she was always on the top teams. She was, she was, you know, which, you know, that was worked out for her too and fueled her her passion for the game. And yeah. she had Edina went just went through a phase and they're still pretty good, but two or three classes before her and probably the class behind her and her class, just like Andover is there now. Yeah. And and Minnetonka is there now on the girls' side. Um, so how do you feel about that? That's one thing I, that these girls, parent, well, like I told you, we moved to Stillwater, right? But yeah. my kids went there when they were younger, but it, we moved to Stillwater. Minnetonka has almost their entire team that didn't play there. Didn't grow up there. They didn't grow up there. So all these families that have kids growing up in, in areas where it's a great program, and then the next thing you know, their kid is kind of getting pushed out. Right. And I know Edina, some Edina families I know, their kids, next thing you know, they're going to Benilde or they're going somewhere else. Or they, yeah. It's, there haven't been a ton of move-ins uh, to Edina. There's been some, uh, at least, and, and again, I'm I'm a few years removed from it now from being right in there. But, um, you know, some people try to move in. And if they don't do their homework, they move in and find out they're not they're still not good enough, right? right? There'd be some people that came in from Chicago or whatever. And you're like, might've picked the wrong. Be careful town. what you wish for. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah and, then, and then there's some other ones that do decide to go to Benilde because we talked about, you can play multiple sports or yeah, you will have a little bit more success because you'll be able to play on, you know, on a, in a higher line or Blake or Breck or, you know, so some of these families do, they do, they do move there. And I have no problem with that. I, you know, some of the, you know, you mentioned Minnetonka. That's a pretty strong recruiting effort. It's oh, yeah. would seem, oh, yeah. or or, you know, a bunch of uh, a bunch of families deciding to make that move. Yeah, and then they're pushing kids out, and I don't, I don't agree with that. I think uh, there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some uh, some kids that get really hurt by that, and then might even be some of the people that made the move that it didn't work out. It, yeah. You know, maybe. 
like socially or for the, the family, you know, behind the scenes, the family's right. not really loving it or going there. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll probably never tell you that yeah, we should have never done that. We should have stayed where we were. But. Right. Bobby moved to Stillwater just based on the parents he can drink with. He's, <laughs> he's looking to like, which were the, were the best party parents in the Metro? Yeah. You have to, you have to consider yeah, everything. Yeah. There's a lot of, so there's some parents who got pushed out because Bobby can drink better than them. And they felt like they weren't part of the crew anymore. <laughs> they thought they were the, they were the first line uh, drinker. <laughs> they did. Now, now they got bumped out. He took it, it's pretty, I mean, I, somehow I got either lucky or cursed by finding the <laughs> neighborhood that constantly yeah. drinks. I mean, you can't get away from it. The hockey, the it's, hockey it's uh, incredible. parent crowd is fun. It right? is yeah. fun. It's part of the deal too. I mean, it's part of the fun. Not that excessive drinking is what we should be, you know, promoting, but the socializing part of it, you make some great friendships. Yeah, yeah. And but with that, we want to advertise for a still eating. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, you're right. It's, it's part of it's it. Great. It's It's a community that your, your kids are growing up together. The families have to, try to coexist and then you find a few people that you're like all right these are my people right right and you're just like all right, right we're hey we're social beings yeah that's what it's all about absolutely i get a couple promos yeah well uh if your hair is a weapon or you wish it was look no further than duke cannon men's grooming products duke cannon makes it hard working products for hard working guys with some of the proceeds going to the military look for duke cannon at target or dukecannon.com Let's also thank our sponsor, Jimmy's Salad Dressings and Dips. Uh, Jimmy's uh, has a, a very good dressing out right now. The, uh, uh, the sorry, the blue cheese dressing, which is fantastic. It's chunky blue cheese, which I love because I like to put it on buffalo chicken sandwiches. You can also mix it with some French dressing like a lot of people do. Throw it on your salads. Uh, uh, it's fantastic. Jimmy's is a local company. You can find it at Cub, Cub Foods. Um, and like they said, Jimmy's, don't you be messing with the dressing. Oh, nice. God, we're getting so good. We at are that. getting good at that. Uh, let's okay. talk about one more while we're at it. Joel Mama Salsa, because uh, Joel Mama's is great for uh, hockey teams, football teams, basketball teams, because if you sell um, Joel Mama Salsa, they give you half of the proceeds back to your team. So it's a lot easier than storing pizzas in your freezer. It's easy on shelf space. Uh, Joe Mama's uh, salsa is a fantastic salsa. It starts a little bit tart and it ends with a little bit of a kick. And Joe Mama's can also be found at Cub Foods. So I know a lot of friends have reached out to me and said, hey, I tried that Joe Mama's and it's really good. And it is really good. So check it out at Cub Foods. That's Joe Mama's salsa. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit. So your daughter's at playing at uh, Harvard. Harvard. And did you not lose an important game to Harvard in your career? Let's yeah, talk about 1989, this. Yeah, my, my last year, my senior year at the U, the Gophers, we played in St. Paul uh, at the Civic Center championship game against Harvard and lost in overtime. So, yes, that was kind of an interesting uh, dynamic when <laughs> and I actually was getting uh, recruited to Har by Harvard oh, when were. I was coming out of high school because their assistant coach from Minnesota, Ron Tomasoni. And I, my grades were, I guess, probably good enough to pique their interest. This is 1985. So mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe it was easier to get into Harvard back then. <laughs> we didn't, we harder. didn't get too far into it just because the thought, I mean, back then one, you probably weren't going to turn down the Gophers, right? I mean, it was Minnesota's Minnesota kid. team, yep. Minnesota kid, kind of my dream my, my whole life. 
Uh, I was heavily impacted by the 80 Olympics because I was uh, eighth grade, 13 years old or so. And there was a bunch of gophers and Minnesota guys, obviously on That's that team. Awesome. So, and I had been already going to their games. And so, you know, all these guys, you know, Bill Baker and Mike Ramsey and um, McClanahan and Kristoff and all these guys were like, kind of my idols growing yeah. up. So if I could put the M on, I was probably putting on the M. Oh yeah. But you know, Harvard was talking to me and I remember they came to our house and, but just back then it was just like the, the thought of, I'm gonna go away to Massachusetts to go to school um, was kind of far-fetched for me at that time. And probably for my parents too. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, it gets expensive. To, well, the world was a lot bigger back then too, right? Yeah, you know, and then now and then, but then, <laughs> Four years later, we lose the national championship to him. I'm like, man, that's ironic. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then however many years after that, you know, our daughter's getting recruited and she's got a chance to go to Harvard. And by this time, I, you know, I lived in the East Coast for most of my, you know, early adult life playing pro hockey over there and got to I, I played with guys from Harvard. And it just was a little more familiar. And you start to understand what Harvard means to especially to, a, I guess, a, a, a woman hockey player when there's really no end game. It's, there's a little bit of pro hockey, right. but that's pretty short lived and, and low paying. And, you know, he's just as a parent and, and any of my friends would be like, if she can go to Harvard. Yeah, you a degree from Harvard. She should probably go to Harvard. Yeah. Like, that's a good idea. I'm like, that seems like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that national championship game stung probably quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't we get too deep in the wounds here, but no, it's you it's blew it, gone. and we're all pissed off about. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, well, you're talking to a uh, former Spirit Squad because he can't reveal what his real job was there. <laughs> can't reveal. You know, he's sworn, he's sworn to like. He's sworn to. It's okay, kind of like yeah. the you know the I guess the skull. I know. I can't what, talk. Let's right? talk about the important subjects okay. here, huh? So yeah, that was rough because you know obviously um, Rob Stauber had been a Hobie Baker winner and and i had left for one year trying out for the olympic team in 88 got cut came back uh snug root had come back todd richards was on the team uh you know peter hankinson was a good player the two guys i was playing with grant bischoff and jason miller we had a good line um goob from white bear lake was uh anderson was uh john anderson was on the team actually had a really good frozen four i think he lit it up had a hat trick uh, in the semis against Maine and we were just rolling, right? Like we're the number one team in the country. Yeah. We got all these great players. We, and we, we kind of cruised right through the semis, but we played Friday night and then had to come back and play Saturday. Harvard got to play Thursday and had the, the rest day. You know, mm -hmm. they ended up, they were quietly a really good team, you know, and we were a little bit probably um, ahead of ourselves with thinking while well, we're in St. Paul, we're at home, we're rolling yeah. and they gave us a game and, and we, they, they snuck out of there with an overtime, you know, overtime win puck trickled in. Um, it was a fluky goal, but yep. yeah, that one, that one got away from us. Well, maybe this is the year a Snuggerud wins a national championship because that point. team looks pretty good. Look really good. Yeah. And can he ever shoot it? Oh yeah. He's yeah. a good player. Oh yeah. He's yeah. wheezy. He, I, I knew he was good. Obviously he got drafted high and been hearing about him but watching him play is he's he's big enough he's gritty enough he's skilled he can yeah. kind of he can go to the front of the net or he can rip it but you know Cooley, Nyes, you know, Lacombe, Johnson, uh, 
Faber. Faber. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just loaded. I think yeah. it's loaded. the glasses that make that, that make Faber and that team so good. Those they're are yeah. goofy glasses. Yeah, right. I love oh, yeah. it. And then, and then, and then they've got the, I think some of that leadership too from um, Jackson Nelson, Nelson, yeah. you know, some of these yeah. older guys that yeah. are starting to be leaders and they're not their super skill guys, but they're heavy and they yeah. play a little gritty. Moscow does a great job too, right? He's doing a nice job. He's well, he's got so much talent, but it, you know, looks he's rolling these lines. So he's got all these, they're all going right. Mm -hmm. Pitlick even, you know, these guys are, all these players are rolling pretty, pretty well. Um, there's no haves and have nots, right? They all contribute. So they all feel good. And then I think even on that fourth line unit, you see him interchanging um, some of those players. They mm -hmm. want to, you know, two will play Friday and then two will come out on Saturday and the other two will go in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think he's got a good thing going. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about uh, after the Gophers, you have a very accomplished uh, pro career. Eight teams. Is that how many you played for? Yeah, I sometimes say seven because I don't okay. I just sounds better than eight but yeah there's i think there's that's an eighth it. team okay. in there that was just yeah. for a couple of weeks or something or yeah. a couple yeah that's fantastic um, where'd you like playing the most i have new jersey you yeah. know i was there the longest uh played there the most i was had the biggest role you know and got the most ice time you know yeah. and, and jacques lemaire was our coach with um larry robinson two legends oh yeah from montreal offensive coach yeah i mean <laughs> we well, he was an offensive player, but they came from that defensive yeah, system, well, that's right? What I mean, trap, that'd be great that's for probably what you're getting at. But did um, he give you guys some good nicknames? Did you have a? Did you have the Chorts and the I was, Hoops and no, the well, Hoops and the? I think I was Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. He called me Tommy, yeah. um, which was fine. That you know, most people called me Tommy back then. Um, maybe Chorsk. Chorsk. But, <laughs> uh, you know, but you guys and everyone got to see him and hear him. But it was, yeah, he was great to have in the locker room. That's awesome. Um, but so Jersey was probably the best. My wife is from New Jersey. Met her there. We won a Stanley Cup there in 1995. After that, I went to Ottawa. I started in Montreal. That was pretty cool. Iconic the place. Old, uh, yeah. old arena. Old, the old forum. Yeah. Um, fans are crazy. Oh, fans were great. You know, they put on suits and coat and tie suits and, you know, women get dressed up and, and, go out on a Saturday night oh, yeah. and you look in the stands and everyone's kind of dressed really nice. It was, it was a cool thing to, to be the there. Opera right? Montreal. Yeah. Like, and a lot of pressure though, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People say, so there's obviously there's French there and there's English. And so at practice or after a game, there was probably two or three French newspaper two let's say two French newspapers. And then there was a couple English newspapers. So that's four people coming in. Same thing on radio. So now you're up to eight. Same thing on TV or more. Now you're up to 12. And then there's national. And then other cities would send some of their people too. And it's like just, you know, 25, 20 people coming in and they're all looking for a story. And they're just clawing and scratching. Wow. And, and, and if you lose, it's the end of the world. And if you win, you're the biggest heroes ever. What did you do with the cup when you, when you had your day? Uh, I got it actually for two days, which was awesome because Neil Broughton had it in River Falls. And I think the cup got there kind of first thing in the morning. He was just going to have a barbecue. And if you know Neil, he's pretty laid back. And he, he, I mean, the guy, he won the Hobie, won a gold medal, and he wins the Stanley Cup. 
And it's all kind of ho-hum. He's right. just like, <laughs> he's very small town when it comes to that stuff. He doesn't really, he just liked to play hockey. You know, he didn't want to, didn't do it for the accolades. But so he has this little barbecue and I think it got over on a, you know, like on a Sunday afternoon at two or three o'clock and the, the cup uh, guardian, if you call him that, uh, called me and he's like, hey, I, he's like, I'm done. And he's like, I can, I can come tonight or I can just show up tomorrow as planned. I'm like, get over here <laughs> as soon as you can. If I can get an extra day with that <laughs> yeah, thing, because yeah. that thing is a party starter uh -huh. and it is the coolest thing you know when you when you're around it and you get to see you know bobby Orr, gordy howe wayne gretzky mario lemieux all these names on it you know from and then there's teams from way back in the 40s and 30s Insane. And so it's, yeah it's cool so he showed up uh started going to bars and restaurants uh that night and ended up at a at a friend's house uh john johansson who played hockey at, at wisconsin and uh we just, you know, we were kind of just sitting around with it with four or five guys, which was kind of cool. And then the next day I had stuff planned. Uh, I took it to Bunny's Bar in uh, St. Louis Park because yeah. that's where my parents used to go watch me play. Oh, yeah. You had to have the big satellite yeah. dish and we didn't have the big satellite dish, I guess. So uh, and then took it on a radio station, uh, took it to Bloomington Ice Garden because my high school buddy's dad ran Bloomington Ice Garden for 35 years, Danny May. Okay. He was like, Hey, could you bring it out here? And so just bounced around. And then I threw a big party at, uh, at least at the time, it's not as big as the parties they have these days. These days, guys like helicopter in on the top of a mountain. <laughs> yes. They're making millions of dollars. I was not making millions of dollars, <laughs> but I had a party at Calhoun beach club, uh, which was fun. And like the city gave me the, I was like, got the key to the city or something, or it was pro Proclaim Tom Chorsky Day. That's great. Uh, and then we went downtown to the Loon Cafe and they shut the doors on that place and we stayed there till two and then back to someone's house. And after that, just craziness. That's know. great. Does the Cup Guardian go with to all the different places? Yeah, it's a different guy now. Okay. This was the first year they had done it. Kind of an interesting story. This guy, they didn't have a playbook for it, right? But they, the year before, I think the Rangers had like damaged it, ruined it. You know, the stories of the cup getting oh, left yes. at places. I mean, it's been left at strip clubs. It's been <laughs> left on the corner in Montreal, you know, and then the cab takes off and the guys get to the next bar and they're like, Hey, where's the cup? I thought you had it. No, I thought you had it. Oh, the guys behind us have it. No, they don't have it. And they're like, Oh my God. They left it. You know, this is a long time ago. Yeah. I think when the Penguins won it in the early 90s, Someone jumped off Mario Lemieux's house with it <laughs> and into his pool and it sunk to the bottom of the pool. Um, Edmonton one year, <laughs> Edmonton one year took the bottom off it and like their friends and brothers wrote their names Holy like, shit. on the inside. So they could they like, yeah, my name's on the cup. It's on, it's on the inside. <laughs> but so the NHL and Gary Bettman finally figured out, okay, this trophy is it's it's the icon of our league we have to start treating it that way and and so they figured out we need a chaperone so now we have a chaperone well this guy he had if i remember correctly he had uh early retirement he's like in his 40s because he had um some sort of a, some sort of a not life-threatening disease or but he had to he had a um quit working okay. like, and he had a 
policy or something so he could quit working. Well, he starts going around from party to party to party <laughs> and he's like kind of partaking, right? So this guy's run ragged, <laughs> run ragged. And then he's, I remember he told me the next, I think I ran into him down the road. He's no longer with it, but he was like, yeah, your party was awesome. He's like, I made a couple of girlfriends there. That's fantastic. <laughs> he's like, in fact, I went back to Minnesota the next summer. He's like, I got divorced, but <laughs> because I met him. What's new- the craziest cup story you've ever heard though? Was- I, I mean, I've heard like Langenbrenner tubing up on his lake, up in Cloquet. I've heard, you know, people just doing. I mean, the cup at the bottom of the pool, the pool that's is fantastic. pretty, that's cool. pretty, too. pretty good. And taking the bottom off it and scratching yeah. his name in I it. I think that's crossing good. the line. Um, when you're desecrating the cup, it is the greatest trophy in all of sports. I mean, hundred percent. It is by far the Nobody greatest. Nobody threw it from boat 100%. to boat like, uh, like Tom Brady, Brady well, and Gronk did. Uh, apparently, maybe they, they did. Well, you can't. That's, that's, a, that's a smaller one, massive. right? So you can't. Yeah. Um, craziest thing, you know, I can't tell you the craziest thing I've heard, but um, <laughs> you know, the the pool one is is you know, I don't know. The things I've said are pretty pretty crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Um, so. Uh, you talked about jerseys in high school. Do you have a favorite pro jersey? Are you are you partial to the Devils jersey? No, you not, were, I wouldn't say I'm partial to the Devils jersey. Um, what was the jersey that you put on? Because there's some jerseys you look at, you're like, I, I'm so, that is so iconic and so cool Montreal, to wear. Yeah. Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Uh, you know, that one. And there's so many hanging in the rafters. And, you know, what it, it's probably changed a little bit. But, what you know, it, it, they were the Dallas Cowboys of of Canada. Oh yeah, you know they were, and you wherever you went, and you know people loved the Habs. And when I was playing there, we had Patrick Waugh on the team, and Chris Chelios was our captain. So a couple of pretty big name guys, but Patrick Waugh was he's I don't know he's almost like a Tom Brady when he you know was going around uh, Canada as as probably the best goalie, you know, for a while there at the time. Yeah. And then I played for Marty Brodeur oh. with Marty Brodeur after wow. that. So I didn't score a lot in practice. Was, <laughs> you know, Your confidence like, went way down. Yeah, you like keep the puck, you know, and both goes. And I've co- when I coach teams now, when I, you know, after my career, I tell goalies that I coach because both guys did this. They would not, first of all, they weren't letting in many shots, but they would never let a puck stay in the net. Oh, like if you scored, yeah, it's out of the they'd net. turn around and immediately get out. So when the drill was done, there were no pucks in the net. Like they, <laughs> there was no way either one of these guys wanted anyone to know like, oh, two or three got in, you know, so there's that. That's u- awesome. uber competitive. Yeah. That competitive spirit was yeah. Patrick Roy a good guy or was he like unhinged? He's, he crazy seems unhinged. he's pretty, he was pretty intense. I mean, he, he got more intense as when a he's coach. coaching. Yeah. Um, and then he had that blow up when he got. Uh, you know, they let him stay in there and he got scored like eight goals on him. Then he's <laughs> like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I was gone by then, but, uh, he was, he was a little quirky and, and I was a rookie and he probably didn't have much time for me. Sure. You know, I didn't hang out with him. Goalies in general are quirky. Typically, typically Marty Bordeaux was pretty normal. Was it? And then, but then he was also younger than me and, you know, I was older. And so maybe there's a, you know, a little bit of respect that way. Whereas yeah. when I came to Montreal, Patrick was already a, like national star and yeah. stuff like that. So, but uh, both another thing about both those guys, if we were losing by a goal or two, you know, second period, third period, they could say, I'll shut the door. You guys get two, 
we'll win, but they won't score anymore. Mm. And, and they wouldn't. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Hall of Fame guys, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably two of the, God, top, maybe top three goalies ever. I mean, they're, they're, they're up there in the top five for yeah. sure. I mean, you can't, it gets hard to, you know, right. Compare. He keeps going. And there's the still old. some, yeah, some good ones have come along since then. Right. right? So. Uh, keep her going. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. one of my things, and, and this is why it's kind of goofy when I talk is you, your kids are tall. Yeah, How my tall wife, is your wife. My wife's tall. She's five eleven. And okay, I didn't think bit. Jersey Shore made five eleven girls, huh? <laughs> and she's blonde. She looks like uh, Scandinavian. She which, doesn't look like Schnooky or no. Like no. <laughs> when I was playing in Jersey, you know, they're all very Italian. Yeah, they're not very tall. They all have a necklace that has their name. You know, <laughs> it says like Candace or you know, or Juliana or whatever. But uh, I, yeah, I I, I just kind of stumbled into her at actually we were at a All Star weekend in New York City. It was the game was in 1984. Was at Madison Square Garden. A bunch of Minnesota buddies were out there, and you know they they'd show up at the All Star weekend, and we'd start going nuts. And um, they they actually met her and and her friend and stuff. And, and I just kind of was like, well, these guys are going back on Sunday night. I'm, I'll still be here. So why don't we hang out? <laughs> yeah. so, but anyway, um, yeah, my, my kids have grown. My, our son is six, six That's and Hannah's six or five eleven. So I always look so. for the breeding material and you know, my wife's taller. My son's six two. Are you still looking right for now? breeding material? No. What's going on? Six, six, six is is well, I did <laughs> from probably 16 to 34 <laughs> the key the, the, the thing that's nice is that like you don't have to get off the couch to get something off the top shelf right they're like she's got it i don't have to there's nothing there's nothing i can reach that she can't reach yeah. that's fantastic. Right. her arm is actually longer than than my arm she used to do this with the fighters because in the nhl like there's guys that are the best fighters have the longest arms okay sure and you know there's guys that are tough that probably have shorter arms i don't mean probably be pissed at you right now yeah but She's like if she did, if she did the thing with Ty Domi where you stick your arm out, she'd have her fist would be hitting his chin, <laughs> and his arm would be like this far from her face, right? So that's a big that's advantage, a huge advantage. Yeah, you're but, saying your wife could take Ty Domi. That's what we're saying right <laughs> that's now. What I'm okay, saying. Oh, she's a Jersey from, girl. She's Jersey girl. She might be able to. Got a little bit of A five eleven Scandinavian Jersey girl with yeah. the reach. I want. She can. She can stretch him out. Oh yeah, so we, we were, and there were some fights last night in the wild oh, game. That God. was pretty, pretty uh, three in one shift. So, what would Dean say to the guys? Or do you, I mean, or is, do the guys just take it upon themselves? Guys mostly take it upon themselves. Um, every you know, every once in a while, when I played, you'd have a tough guy on the bench, or they'd call a kid up from the minors. Who that's kind of what he did. Uh, the coach would wait until a certain point in the game. And the kid probably hadn't played yet. And then all of a sudden, you know, the other team scores and the crowd's going nuts. You know, if you're on the road, maybe. And all of a sudden the coach would come down and go, you're up, you're up. And it's clear. Yeah. Okay. You haven't played a shift. Yeah. All you do is fight in the minors and the coach taps you. You've got one shot. Do you want to be here tomorrow? Yeah. You want to be here tomorrow. And one time I'm sitting next to a guy and this happens and I look over and he's, takes off his elbow pads and puts them under the bench. I'm like, what are you doing? Doesn't He's have like, that restraint. Because I don't need, I'm not going to need these, you know? Yeah. Cause you want, 
you wanted as much movement in your jersey because if, if you can get your arm going, because that's where you grab on. Yeah, right. So with no elbow pads, uh, you could get free. But you know, to the wild last night, you know they've got they've got veterans. You know, Felino and and Reeves. Uh, Reeves, you know, Reeves was the first one. He knows that it's not his only job because he's a good hockey player and he's a he's an intelligent but he knows his role. intelligent guy too. So he knows, right? And they've been scuffling along, haven't been winning. They're a little bit of a skid. They're at home. They're playing a team they really should have to beat. And they come out a little sleepy, a little sluggish. They're on their heels. You know, they're getting hemmed in. And probably they figured out either in the moment, you know, or maybe even before Reeves might've been thinking coming into the game, like I need to this, do something. This might feel like a night where if we're not, he knows ahead of time, like he knows when he's lacing up his skates or when he's driving to the rink, having his coffee, man, if we go down by one right away, or if we come out slow, I'm, I'm stirring it up. Now, I don't know what happened with the next, you know, the next two guys, same <laughs> thing. And, you know, maybe they just were frothing up and yeah. they were also frustrated because I'm sure they were frustrated. They're playing the Flyers, a team they have to beat. Right. Uh -huh. the Flyers are not a not a good team. And and I was out here, so I wasn't watching the game. And uh, but uh, we you could see it through the on the big screen and carts. Carts was out there and he was kind of watching it because he's got to be dialed in for today. Probably yep. to talk about it. But it just looked like those guys figured out we need to. We need to get her going. The other thing, and I told you guys this, is that you're getting to this this window in the season where it's hard, right? Because every day is is stressful, and you're working hard, and you're and your 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 emotions are at the highest, but you still have a lot of season to go. Regular season, right? It's easy to get up for the playoffs, but a lot of regular season. You get into the dog days. It's getting a little long. Some on some days, you just got to manufacture some energy, some emotion. You know, you're getting a little. You're just it, everyone goes through it, right? Yep. Dog days of the of yeah. the season, and if there's one way to one way to you know flip a switch, drop the gloves. Let's uh, let's tell us where I know we're gonna wrap it up here real soon. Music just kicked in. Looks like that, we're gonna have a little dance it? party. <laughs> um, but tell us tell us one of your favorite tough guy stories that you were. Uh, well, one of my a fight story about me when I was a rookie. I, we were playing the Bruins, Montreal Bruins thing. You know, it's a and and. I would go to the front of the net. It's one of my first games and I'm getting kind of abused, right? I'm getting the cross check in the back. I'm getting the stinky glove in the face and I'm just taking it because I'm thinking, Hey, it's the NHL. These guys are big, tough guys. And you know, you, you got to pay a price sure. to go to the front of the net. Well, this goes on, you know, for the whole period. And like in the second period, I come back to the bench and one of the guy veterans comes down, sits down next to me and he looks at me and he says, Hey, he said, it's getting getting bad and you're going to have to do something about it. He said, if you don't do something now, you'll take it your whole career. And he looked at me and he said, it's time to, it's time to pop your bubble, you know, whatever. And uh, so I went out and uh, went to the front of the net, got a cross check, turned around, made eye contact with the guy. I'd never done it. I'd never fought because really? I'm coming out of college. And they try to teach you a little bit in training camp, but and he looked at me, he's like, you wanna? I'm like, <laughs> I guess, you know, <laughs> drop the gloves. And I was six, one, 200 pounds, you know? Yeah. So I just, I grabbed on as hard as I could and didn't get hurt. It was fine. And afterwards, it was the first fight I'd ever been in. 
Stefan Cantel, I remember, a pretty tough guy, pretty big guy. And uh, he, he, after he got in, he tapped me on the pads. He's like, good job. Nice job. He probably knew, like, I was a college kid. Because yeah. you know on the other team who's tough and who's not. Mm-hmm. And yep. the tough guys know. Right. And the tough guys will come to you, like, as I got in my career, they'll be like, hey, you played with that guy when you were in, you know, Ottawa. Is he a righty or a lefty or can he throw right. both? Right. Like, they want to know yeah. what they're getting into. Because they know he's tough and they know they're going to fight him. Yeah. Because that's their job. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. That's that, a great yeah. story. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, like you said, the music, I think they're giving us the cue to wrap up here. But, Tom, thanks for thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot more stories. Oh, we, can do it, hey. we can do it again. <laughs> we will do it again for sure. But, hey, we're, uh, we're part of the Pull Tab Sports family. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple. You can watch us on YouTube and all the major platforms. Like and subscribe. Be a part of it. Uh, you know, like I say, go through life. Be a good person. Do the right things. Help people out. Most of all, don't be a dick.